I was thinking about this Chris Rock joke where he was talking about you got a good woman, you know, she'll stay with you, but if you lose your job, you're gonna lose your life. And he was like, Wow. When you're talk when she, when things are bad and she's talking, she's like, Oh hey baby, we're gonna we're gonna make it through this and you know, we might have to get rid of some things. She's talking about you. Conversations episode three featuring my man Donovan. Introduce yourself. I'm here. Donovan, Big D, you know? Everybody want to call me, you know? I'm here to talk about uncomfortable conversations. I like uncomfortable conversations because I feel very comfortable talking about them. I started something called Heart of a Man. You know, I don't like going into details about that as much, but overcome, elevate, inspire, helping men understand themselves a lot more. Confident, hopeful, optimistic about the future. He see vulnerability. So I always mess up that word too. Vulnerability is a sign of strength, not weakness. That's it. That's all you need to know. Heart of a man. So today we're talking about a theme, a topic that like I really wanted to get into with you, um, and it's called who raised you. And it's called that because you know I think today you know, in this city. You know, you see a guy like this behaving or just acting out of line. Yeah. I say, yo, who's man's? Like, who's man's this, right? Like, so I'm just thinking along the same lines, right? Like, when we see sort of that upbringing in the men around us, in ourselves even, um, and how maybe that leads to some certain like unhealthy behaviors or things we just know that we shouldn't be doing. You know, you might just ask yourself, yo, who's man's? Like, actually, who's man's am I? Yeah. Who raised me from? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. that is the topic today um and i know you are your father mm-hmm. you know you're mm-hmm. a son mm-hmm. so you've seen both sides of the raising yes i have and i've only seen one side <laughs> so I, I, want, I want to i want to i want to learn from you today um i want to really hear about your experiences um as a black father as a black son mm-hmm. um and yeah, man, I'm sure everyone is looking forward to this conversation as I am. Um, but I do want to ask this one question to start. Like, if you think about your upbringing so far, um, what are some of the ways that, like, t- talk about your upbringing? Let's do that. My upbringing? Yeah. I mean, there's a hundred things about my upbringing. It's funny you say that, though, because I sit down and I think about my upbringing, especially mm-hmm. a few years ago, I was going through a really tough time. I lost my mother to cancer, but I thought about the relationship we had and some regret, but there was also, uh, I felt that, that tinkling of this happiness and peace of the lesson she taught me, but I was not a good kid. Okay. All right. I was, <laughs> I was spoiled. I was, uh, very dishonest with her mm. and I took advantage of my mom. And, uh, she taught me some lessons though on how to be honest how to be kind and compassionate. So those lessons are now, that seed that was planted is becoming a tree inside of me. So that's what I'm going to share. But I was a bad kid that used to, I remember I had an altercation with my mother where I would, I swore at her, you know, get the F out of way from me, man. Get the F away from me. And she called the cops on me. And that was 
what broke my heart because I'm like, mom. Mm. I'm, I'm the one who used to spoil. I'm the one who took care of all the time. Come on, you shouldn't call the cops. I mean, but she did. She got tired of me. People get tired of it. You know? mm. She had a heart, but I, mm. I feel like I broke her heart by swearing at her and disrespecting her and disrespecting my sister. So two amazing black women, my sister, my mother, I just felt like, ah, I'm going to treat them how I want to treat them. And I treated them like that because of, one, the music I was listening to. Okay. I'm listening to 50 Cent, right? 50 was my dude. How to be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wasn't gonna ask her 21 questions. <laughs> you know, I was just gonna just straight up say, I this is what I want. If you don't like that, too bad. Mm. So because my mother also spoiled me because I was treating her like that, I brought that to my other relationships too. But there's some regret that's still in my heart, you know, and my mother has passed and while we're here, I wanna just say, Mom, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for what I did. Words and news, words of open heart. I know the last day she passed, she said, You don't promise me you're going to come to heaven. Mm. I told her, I said, Mom, don't you want me to become rich? Don't you want me to become a black, successful mm. black man? Mm. She said, No, I just want you to come to heaven, right? And I'm like, Okay. But when she planted that seed in my mind, it stayed there and it's still here. That's why I'm here, man. That's why I'm here. There's so much you said, and as you were talking, I was like, I want to touch on that. I want to touch on whatever you got to touch on. on. That's all good, like, man. So one of the first few things you mentioned was, you know, your mom loved you. She spoiled you, and you sort of took advantage of that. I did. In, I did. The, in the first episode that we shot, Safe Spaces, we talked about how guys feel like you can walk into any place and not feel threatened, right? Like the way a black woman or any woman might even enter a space and you know what to worry about physical safety, emotional safety, yeah. who's watching out for me. But as a guy you walk in, you own you own that. You have yes. that confidence. Yes. Right? Like yes. and that level of comfort, it's like when you think about our upbringing, how are we socialize to that level of comfort, right? Like some that it like you sort of answered that question a little bit. Because mm-hmm. then you talked about accountability. Your mom called the cops. Yeah, she did. But you didn't really react well to that. No, I did not. Right? No. So, like, let's, 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 let let me ask this question. How are you socializing to a level of, this level of comfort, and how are you taught not to understand accountability? So, that's a deep question right there. Because I was, I wasn't taught that. You know what I'm saying? I had to learn that myself, Mm -hmm. living truly. I was a stubborn little brat. I was, as they call it, stubborn little brat, right? I wasn't accountable to anyone. I wanted things my way. It's either my way or the highway. Mm. I was just like, listen, do it like this or don't do it at all. You know, I was I was an angry little boy. My mom used to always give me what I wanted. Mm. So I I was kind of confused. Like, if I'm getting everything from you, you know, I better get everything from everyone else, every woman, every black woman. So I wasn't really accountable to my mother, mm-hmm. right? I just really and truly wanted things my way. You know, I don't know if I'm answering your question is right, but you are, man. when I when I talk, sometimes I just spit what I want to spit. So if everyone's listening to this right now, I was a spoiled brat. I wasn't accountable. I was not respectful, right? I didn't even know how to respect. If I didn't know how to respect my mother growing up as much, how was I going to respect my wife at the time? I wasn't going to respect other black women. I didn't know how to do that. So what I brought 
what I took from my mother, the way I treated my mother is the way I treated other women too. I can say that loud and clear now. Yeah. Right? I wasn't able to, uh, I had to unlearn over time what I learned. And I learned that from myself. I learned it from the music I listened to. So it was, it, was, uh, it was confusing, but that's how I thought I should live my life. You know, get things the way I wanted them. Um, be dependent. Because mm-hmm. there's dependent, there's independent, there's interdependent. Right? I say, I say interdependent because I read a book um, by Stephen Covey. Right? And interdependent is something I didn't even learn until I read that book. I just was a dependent man. And I could say mm-hmm. loud and clear, I depended on my mother. So when you depend on your mother, you're going to depend on other women. If they don't, treat, if they don't give you that, what's going to happen? You won't get, you got to go. Yeah. You got to go. That's how it is. So it's, uh, it's been a journey with that. You know, I live with a lot of guilt in my heart because of that too. The way I used to treat my mom and that's it. There's a couple emotions that are like sitting at the top of me right now. Confusion, guilt. Confusion and issue. Mm. You said that, and you said it again. You know, confused as to why is this happening to me? Why are you checking my behavior? Right? Yeah. Like, I'm being disrespectful, but this is the world that I live in and I own it. So, like, what is this backlash for? But then that that now looks like guilt. Once you've gone through that process of like unlearning and that painful like yeah. uprooting of those behaviors, like that's something that I know I've experienced, still experiencing. And, you know, there's this thing called the repetition, the rep, I think the repetition compulsion or the repetitive, repetitive compulsion, something like that. But psychological, psychologically, it means that, you know, you're trying to heal trauma from one relationship in every relationship that looks yeah, like that. Come on, man. Bro, I have, I, have, <laughs> I, I wrote a paper on that's, this. That's, that's <laughs> good. I got to see I wrote, the I wrote, I wrote. You got to put a paper on Bro, that. Ah. Uh, Reflecting on that in my life was a painful exercise. And my professor must have been a dick because he's like, I want you guys to be very honest. And I was like, you're reading all of this? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, I, I would say, you know, I like my mom and I's relationship is very interesting, right? Like she's very um, hands-on, I would, I would say that. And I'm the kind of person that likes my space. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we clash when I'm just like, hey, just let me do me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I found that in certain relationships, I was looking for that hands-on, even though I didn't want it, because it reflected the relationship with my mother. Mm. But then I would mm. act out every time the girls were hands-on. And I'm just like, and they're probably <laughs> like, why are you dating me? This is how I am, but you don't want it. And in my mind, I'm just like, Yo, can you just leave me alone? It, it, like, it got to the point where I'm like, but you put yourself here. Right, like you're repeating that process, that behavior, that pattern, and you think you can fix it, but it ain't that easy. No, it's not that easy. I mean, the way my mother uh, treated me, the way she raised me and spoiled me, I wanted women exactly like that. Mm. But I mean, subconsciously, I realized I was seeking women that were going to treat me like how my mother treated me, but it never worked out because we'd always butt heads, right? And even the ones that treated me didn't treat me like that. I was like. This is weird. Yeah. I can't be around this. I I, I got one. Mm. I can't I can't I can't I can't be with you. So I was really confused. My mind was really cloudy for a long time. I'm like, so if a woman treats me like my mom, I'm gonna just feel like 
okay, this is weird also, but mm. if a woman treats me like not like my mother, this is also weird. This is weird. <laughs> so where do I go? Mm. And that's why I had to start reading books because knowledge is power. You have to keep your knowledge reservoirs full. I use it all the time. I say that all the time. I had to unlearn what I learned and gain new knowledge, right? I had to see a therapist about these things. After my mother passed, that's the first time I ever went to see a therapist. And the things I had to tell him, Mm. I had to start, made me cry, made me get angry, made me understand certain things, right? But I was able to now have the courage to be here talking to you about this. So... It's been a battle, but just, I'm here to just understand myself, man. I'm here to speak the truth and understand, so we can send love to a lot of women out yeah. there, too. Yeah, a lot of men, a lot of women. A lot of men, a lot of women, you know? Heart of a man, heart of women. Heart of yo, actually. <laughs> We're touching, touching on women now, right? Like, and I'm thinking about some of these behaviors that we talk about in our relationships. Mm-hmm. And Omar and I were, were, were speaking about this, about how we feel guys are praised or like rewarded for some of these behaviors. And maybe that feeds into the lack of understanding of what accountability is. But women are not giving that leeway to, to, to take space, to be entitled to like, you know, if a, if a woman is going from relationship to relationship with different guys and she's thinking about this guy might be my dad, it's automatically called daddy issues, right? Like, and then that's a negative label you place yes. on a woman. Yes. But has everyone ever said you have mommy issues? I, they did. Who? I think maybe one, a woman and a psychologist Okay. Told me that. Okay. A woman so, I okay. dated, okay. a woman I dated um, said I do have mommy issues and I, I ran, like Usain Bolt. I sprinted away because I was like, what are you talking about? Hmm. She was telling the truth. I yeah. couldn't accept the truth. So I had to run. I was like, nah, whatever. But, and a psychologist, when I was speaking to her and telling her, you know, this is what's going on after losing my mother, she's like, you had some serious mommy issues, huh? You had some mommy issues. Mm. Like, I got angry. I was like, what are you talking about mommy issues? See, the thing is, I, I couldn't accept it for a long time. You know, I couldn't accept it. So, being told that stuff pissed me off. Mm. I still feel a little bit angry talking about it. To this day, I feel angry talking about that stuff. But it's the truth. And the truth will set you free, right? Right. It's gonna kick yeah, your ass. Gonna <laughs> it's yeah. gonna kick your ass first, but it's gonna set you free too. Like, you know, I cry, and I have a picture on, my, on the wall of like my mother, and I, I, it's almost like I hear her telling me things sometimes. So I keep going, don't worry. Yeah. You know, and also I forgive you too. You know, my wow. son, I forgive you. I know wow. you've done a lot of things, wow. but before she died when she said I was your favorite I was like how was I your favorite when I treated you so bad mm. I took advantage of you you know how was I your favorite because she had she didn't have conditional love she had unconditional love mm. you see she loved me unconditionally even though I treated her that I treated her like disrespect she still loved me that's how I have to see women nowadays I have to really treat them like how my mother treated me in a way give mm. them unconditional love which is not going to be easy man it's not easy that's so I want to I want to sort of argue that. Argument. <laughs> um I I saw I think a tweet about this where it's like, you know, we're we're raised to want unconditional love from our partner. Like you'll love me regardless of my flaws and things like that. And okay. like that's like I think that's a good thing to want mm-hmm. because no one is perfect. Mm-hmm. What do you think about 
if we think about conditional love as I can love you, I do love you, but there's certain things about myself I can't let you disrespect. Like there's like I have my boundaries. I you know I've I've you know I'm learning working on myself. I'm you know setting up these things. Yeah. And again, I might love you, mm-hmm. but it's conditional on you or me returning that love and us building a life or whatever that looks like mm-hmm. is conditional on you respecting who I am as an individual. Okay. Okay. What do you like? I want to. I want to. I want to get your thoughts on that. Okay. Well, I mean, I believe in God. Mm-hmm. He loves us unconditionally. But we can't disrespect him for too long, right? Okay. We can't okay. just do whatever we want to do okay. and say, you love me unconditionally, so I'm going to live my life mm-hmm. however I want to live my life, and hey. you're going to love me unconditionally regardless. No, 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 no. There comes, you're going to pay the price, you know? Wow. He will discipline you and still love you, though. So it's like in a relationship, too. I mean, you could love someone unconditionally, but still demand respect. Right. Like, you're not gonna call me stupid. You're not gonna disrespect me and be verbally abusive. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get yell and get in your face and be physical with you. But I'm gonna tell you, you gotta respect me. You know, and if I love you, you know, and it keeps even if I love you, I'm I'm not saying unconditional love means take disrespect nonstop yeah, 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 yeah. and just stay with the person. Yeah. I'm just saying though, you gotta forgive, mm. but sometimes you have to let go too. Let go in what sense? Let go meaning end the relationship if you have to. Sometimes you got to walk away and say, you know what? I'm still going to love you, but this is not good. Verbal abuse is not mm-hmm. something that is going to be in my life. I'm sorry. I have to go. And once you respect yourself and you love yourself also too, you're not going to tolerate that. Unconditional love is a beautiful thing, but it doesn't mean that you're going to take everything. You're going to take people saying you're stupid, you're dumb, mm-hmm. you're all mm-hmm. these things, you're a loser. And just mm-hmm. take it and say, you know what? I, okay, I, you know, I, I love you. Right. So right. I, I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, 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 no. Come on, man. You gotta keep it up to this. It's also a misunderstanding of love, too, because like, I think you've painted this idea that like love is this docile, accepting, mm-hmm. all accepting, mm-hmm. 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 all accepting, which is what you're saying. Like you don't need to accept that, right? No. Um, and if you have pure love for self, you won't, right? Because pure love for self also means that like, you can't. I can't let you abuse me if I claim to love yeah, you. Yeah, mm. like, yeah. Like, mm. you know, if I claim to, I, yeah. What is you abusing me? What does that do for your soul? Ah, come on, man. Right? Drop it. Here you go. Here you go. There you go. So, we misunderstand like what that love is, um, and I think it's just like it's just what we've done with love that we painted it as this romantic thing. It's just really it's like the Titanic. It's like you know, loving basketball. I'll play you for your heart. Yeah. All that stuff like that. There's movies, there's fairy tale love, and there's real life love. Now. Yeah. You know, I've I've had a lot of real life love. Yes, it's gonna feel good. There's the honeymoon phase. Mm. It's gonna feel good, man. You're gonna hold hands, you know, watch movies, cuddle, you know what I'm saying, kiss and feel like, ooh, baby, you're mine. Two years from now. <laughs> see if that's gonna Let's see if it's the same. That's not gonna be the same. Sometimes, you know, you meet the right woman and it can be the same. If it's really you guys build a bond, but sometimes that disappears. And I've been in relationships where it's like, yo, mad love in the beginning, and eventually, yeah, don't look at me. Mm. Nah, don't touch me. So, I'm trying to answer this too, so I definitely don't mm-hmm. really answer this, but it's like, it disappears instantly for me. 
we went somewhere. Like, where did it go? And like, like, it's like, and, and how do you, how do you catch it before it back? Yeah, like before it doesn't, you know, because the, the romantic piece, the touchy feely piece, mm-hmm. that doesn't have to just be the honeymoon phase. You know no. what I mean? Like, and it doesn't have to be constant either. So it can be the mm-hmm. first six months of your relationship is super like this, and then you go through what's an adjustment of growth period where you can't understand each other deeper. And then you might get uh, another honeymoon style mm-hmm. phase, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, at least in my previous relationship, it's been that you've gone through one of those, a growth phase, mm-hmm. another one of those, yeah. and then you can't get out again, right? You're mm. stuck in the misunderstanding phase to get back to the... Okay. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a that. cycle that you just are not able to complete. Wait, how I, how but I, that doesn't sound like a bad thing to me. Like, because if we meet, we're happy, honeymoon, then we learn stuff about each other. And at that point in time, we're like, yo, we need to work on this, right? Like communication, all these kind of things. And then we become a little closer because now I know you better. So honeymoon plays again. And then maybe we hit another thing, work on it, communication, honeymoon phase. I'm like, that's, I, I don't know if I'm saying exactly what you were saying. You are, you are. I guess there's a, there becomes a problem. Okay, guys, listen, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yes, I might be older than you guys, okay? I don't know if you guys have been married or you know if you guys have been engaged. Like, I've been married, I've been engaged, you're working now, okay? Sometimes you feel like we've met our dream woman, okay? But I'm going to tell you right now, the honeymoon face sometimes can die and die for you. Okay? I have an 11-year-old son, and when I met his mother, I was like, Woo, this feels good, man! I had my son. And I was with her for about maybe six years. There was no honeymoon. Maybe a day. I love you too. Get out of my face. Right? Sometimes a honeymoon face dies. That's how it is sometimes. I've been, especially if you're married, all the married men out there, if you're watching this, I know how you feel, man. If you're gonna sign the papers for divorce right now, I know how you feel. You wanted a honeymoon face to come back, but it didn't come back. You gotta be ready for that too. That's why you have to learn effective communication. You guys have to learn effective communication because if you learn that, knowledge is powerful. When you gain that in your mind and you can communicate effectively, even when the fights, the hard times, things get dry, you guys could still pick up and say, you know what, let's do this together. You know, let's march forward together. It's gonna take a lot of work. You have to learn things. You're not going to watch Titanic and beautiful <laughs> love movies and think everything's going to be all right. It's not like that. You know what I mean? You know, do I think God has a woman for me in my life coming that he feels like this is for you? It's not going to be easy. Yes. But that's all I got to say. You got to learn effective communication. The honeymoon phase can die for good. You got to be ready for that. See what I'm saying? Mm. Yo, what do you think is like, again, to the theme of like being raised and having expectations and relationships and things like that, what do you think is your goal or your initial goal, let's say younger Donovan mm-hmm. or younger us? How were, what, what were we taught is the goal of our relationships with black Romantic or otherwise? Because we talked a little bit about the financial here, right? And how that is like maybe even the crux of the relationship. And once that disappears, then you get, you get really kind of like, yeah, but 
what's the goal, man? What what do we what do we go into relationships for? What are we striving for? Well, they said first of all, it's not good for a man to be alone. Okay. Right? But if you want, I mean, so you got me. This, this is a question I gotta think about, man. Dang. Yo, answer if you guys want. To. Really, if you're in a relationship with a black woman, number one, you have to respect her mm-hmm. and show her and be respectful and love her. Okay. Right? Oh. Words are powerful. Mm-hmm. Right? Affirmation. You gotta tell her you're my queen. You're my princess. You're my lover. I'm feeling all the time, all the time. Even when you're pissed. If you get no black woman's face and you try to disrespect her, that's gonna be a war. That's World War Three. See what I'm saying? So you have to learn how to communicate with her in a way where you're not yelling at her. Also, talk to her. If she's yelling, sometimes as black men, we gotta walk away. Because hmm. if we're yelling back, oh no, it's not. It's not. It's not gonna be good. So you have to truly learn how to develop that patience. And what, what for myself, I have to pray about that, really and truly. Because if not, I'm gonna, it's gonna be like the Mike Tyson Holyfield fight, 1996. I don't know who's alive that time, but it's gonna be that kind of rumble, right? So you have to really um, be patient with her and show her love and understanding. You have to really show her that understanding, love and communication and be patient with her. Let her talk. Yeah, let her yell. I'm gonna say you have to let your woman sometimes yell and still be the man that's like, all right, you finish. All right, can we talk now? Because if we can't talk, I gotta go because I'm gonna get mad and I don't wanna freak out on you. Walk away. That's how you communicate with your black woman. You don't try to have a holy field Mike Tyson fight all the time. You don't do that because it's not gonna work. Because if you do that, that's gonna be rumble in the jungle also too. You don't wanna rumble in the jungle, man. You don't want to do that. That's a nasty. You're going to take some hits, some punches. It's going to be nasty. You're going to get hit down and it's going to hurt. Sometimes it could break the relationship, but you have to be patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It's hard for a human being not to keep record of wrongs. Hmm. But unfortunately, we have to pray about that to make that happen, right? We have to see 1 Corinthians 13 and understand what those words truly mean. And if you and your black woman share that together, whoo! You can make it together. I see what that person is. I know what it's about. I read my body. Okay. <laughs> that holds no record of wrong, wrong Yeah. Right. Oh. It, it's on, um, because uh, you're going to bring it back up. I mean, I was in a relationship with a woman and, uh, okay, I guess I could talk about it now. <laughs> I was actually engaged to someone and I was going through a tough time. You know, I was going through a really tough time. So I said, you know, I'm going to take a leave of absence on my, on my work. I was working at a bank in Montreal. And I remember one day she yelled at me. And I was like, well, she, she goes, you're on disability hmm. in my face. And I'm like, as a man, when you hear that, like the L word, the loser word, hmm. you're just this. What does that do to your spirit? You know what I'm saying? It just breaks our spirits. Slash We're just finished, and we could still maybe be in a relationship, fit, be in a relationship physically. But here, but here and here, we're gone. We leave, right? And sometimes we don't even know it. They don't know what's going on with us after. They're like, "It's so different." Yeah, I'm like, you know, it's it's kind of scary, and I don't. Four of us here, have like, I feel like have experiences of that. Like, I don't know, again, it maybe it comes down to the financial piece, but being called. A loser, yeah, or you're 
let me see, like you're, I don't know what to call it, maybe your earning power or what, whatever the case is, your ability to provide in that situation, knowing that you're not really hitting it and someone calling you a loser mm-hmm. or attacking you because of it. It's like you're taking a sword and like going straight through my identity, yeah. fam. Yeah. You yeah. understand that, like, yeah. this is how I view myself. Whether or not that's yeah. a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is how it is. It's like me looking at, like, a black woman who has been socialized to be a caring, present mother. Mm-hmm. And I look and see a terrible mother. Just because mm-hmm. something happened mm-hmm. with the kids, maybe, like, you know, the kids are misbehaving, they're not listening to you, they're not doing well in school, they're acting up, whatever. And I just come back home and say, I'm a terrible mother. Look at your kids. Because I know that's tied to your identity. Right? Like, and trust me, fam, when women say that stuff to you, they know. They know. They know. I know how to crush this man. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I could say, bro, like I like I could have said anything else, but I'm looking at you. I know work isn't going too well. Yeah. You see? Like I, I, I'm see? ready, I'm ready for this guy. You see? Say something. Yeah. Say, okay, sir. <laughs> Come on, man. I might, I might kill the laughter right now, but tell me, why do you think that men are three to four times more likely to commit suicide? Yo, because you, you said it. You're walking around that, like, they don't know stuff has changed with you. Mm-hmm. And you're holding it. Mm-hmm. And that, like, again, that identity, so you're, like, you're dealing like you're like, but I'm trying. Yeah. Like, I'm doing my best. Yeah. But, like, I'm more than this. And, but, like, people are saying I'm not because I failed in this aspect or I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And you don't feel like you have anything else to contribute, right? So, like, why else am I here? That's it. Why am I here? I have nothing. I lost my job. She thinks I'm a loser. She thinks I ain't nothing. Hmm. Why am I here? And then you may, you may go a year saying, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And one day, mm-hmm. You decide to just take your own life, right? And then, like, what happened? He seemed like everything was, it was okay. right. Yeah. Words are so powerful. Listen, words are powerful for to black men. We we yeah. still yeah. we're sensitive to the words. That's why the gun violence is still. You call someone a certain name too. Mm. It's on, right? Yeah. But if you a, a woman has her husband and words are said between both of them, that is that can impact the relationship in such a negative way, right? I mean, you won't forget the words that are said to you. And that is something we have to be aware of. Be careful about the words you say. Underlying emotion here is that it's tough to talk about, but I think it's really at the center of it, which is shame. Mm. Right, and it's not just the feeling I failed, which I think is yeah, also yeah, just yeah. shame, right? Yeah. Like how shame shows up, right? How shame shows up, you know what I mean? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I heard this thing about bitterness, yeah, being anger cloaked in shame, and like it's like, oh, because like when when you when you're describing when things go wrong in relationships, like what's the man says to feel that shame? Right, there are certain actions that come out as bitterness. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then, you know, she picks that up and then it's like No, it's that's like it's Yeah, like, so it's like, like where's that coming from? Yeah. Like, she's probably forgotten the the words that she threw at you and things were you know, and, and then like that just keeps going, just keeps going. And, and like that shame piece, right? 
think if anyone to kind of kind of about this thing, anyone ever told me when I was young that like, this thing you're feeling right now mm, is shame, shame and this is how you process it, yeah. you don't drag it everywhere else, my experience is entirely different. Because then you're carrying this thing and you know that you know what this is shame, it's not me. That's right. Mm. Right? Because um as you know Brene Brown describes shame as an on shame as an unwanted identity. Right? Mm. So what wow. is failure? Wow. It's like on what so you just I don't want this, but it's wow. been thrust upon you by whatever, right? And so you just carry it around. Right? Like you, you it shows up in so many ways that you can no longer control. You can't control like, it's, it's, and we, I, like you're saying, words apart, right? But we also need to like look it in the face, and also with our guys too, like be able to call answers. Of course, it's not even friends, but okay, but show them that hey, this is what you're feeling, and this is not, it's not you. That's right? it. This is not That's it. And then if you help someone navigate that, but it's, it's hard, especially when you're 40, 35, you, you spent all this time. Steeped in, it's steeped in, and I'm gonna say that's why I tell all the men. A lot of people in the black community don't see seeing a therapist be, to be effective. You can't really be helpful towards them, but it's changed my life. Mm. It's the reason why I'm here, right? But if you're carrying a lot of shame, sometimes you just need to talk to some. You may, maybe you can't talk to your friend, right? Because they might say something that like, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, come on, man, no, be strong, yeah, man. Come yeah. on, man, man, come on. Let's have some. Let's have some weed together and just go kick it with some honeys, right?" But sometimes you need to see, a lot of times I'm going to say, you need to see a therapist that you could connect with and share that. So you could let that shame out, talk about it, and put something positive in. Mm. You need that antibiotic to get rid of that shame. Mm. You know? It's, uh, I've lived with shame for a long time. Man. I had to see therapists, you know? To really say, mm, come on, I got to talk about my shame, man. Gotta get rid of this, man. This is hurting me, man. You know, and we gotta do it. It's powerful when you learn that it's not you. I mean, that thing is like, bro, bro it's, it's when, so freeing. Yeah, yes, it's, like, it's so freeing. Yes, bro, I'm yes. Not, I'm not the only person that has done X. Because it, it's, it's embarrassment and shame are different, right? Because embarrassment, you know, you can, embarrassment is almost fun. Like the other person that's in the room can like laugh. Yeah, but like shame, shame, shame sits with you. Shame is going home with you. Yeah, shame is going home with you, my guy. And if you're not careful, you you always go back to it in your mind, mm. like about this thing, and it's like so. You're right. You have to learn to sit, take it out, and then this antibiotic, whatever you just use, is amazing. Yeah, that's bleeding. I know you're about to share a quote with us, but bleeding. Oh, therapist, like all of those things are just use it to wash the. Whatever's in your mind, out. you need to wash it out of your mind, man. You know, that's it, bro. Thank you, bro. Fantastic segue. I'm so happy. What? <laughs> all the points. Oh my god. So there's actually, I don't even. There's something you said about like this one. I told you when you're younger, this shame isn't you, right? And it leads me to want to talk about your two different experiences of being raised as a black man and raising a black right now. Mm-hmm. Valaria and I have this quote. Actually, it's from, it's from a video with Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin, where she says to him, "Look, you are man enough to work out a new system, right?" Like, and this was in his, it was a response to him saying, "Look, I have to go to work. I have to bring the money back. You know, I don't have the you know leeway to come back and be a cheerful father or a cheerful husband because I'm working all day." And she just looks just like, "No, no, 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 no. You're man enough to work out a new system." 
So yeah. like <laughs> now that we're like you know we're, we're we're talking about a father here, right? Like mm-hmm. what 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 is that new system? Man? Like what kind of new system are you trying to invite into yourself? Well, you see, right away I I had to even shed some some tears because of that because when my son was two years old, I was still a young dude who was living in the past. Like I was the old me. So I would yell at him. I saw him cry once. I was like, what are you crying for? Stop crying. Hmm. And he was like, he didn't know what to do. He's like, okay, then I can't cry. Hmm. Okay, seven years later, I went to play with my son. He went in the corner and started crying because he didn't want me to see it. But he didn't know his father had really changed the way his way of thinking. I was like, son, you can cry in front of me now. It's okay. Right? So I have to sit him down, I have to talk to my son, I got to remind my son, I have to pray with my son, right? And I got to share different things with him so he could unlearn the crap that I taught him before. Because I planted some seeds in his mind that made him act like, yo, I can't cry, yo. I remember what my dad said when I was two years old, yo. You know, and my son now, he understands what vulnerability is. But I know that he has to really unlearn what he's learned to the point where he's like okay daddy i believe what you're saying now. Yeah. i love you i feel i can talk about my feelings i really used to i used to drapes him up i used to go like this one when he would act like crying and soft mm. and stuff like that and i remember that still stays in my mind i still have some dreams about that but here i am teaching men not to do that now to mm. their kids but i did it to my kid right because i've experienced what it can do my son's going into the seventh grade right he does he remembers what I did and how I taught him to be, which was be a man, man up, be strong. BS, man. Mm. You know, I tell him to cry now. You know, it's okay to talk about your feelings, man. Let's talk. Let's talk. And he wants to share more with me now, but it's going to take some more time. Patience. Yeah. It's going to be patience, man. Wow. That's, that's a tough one, man, because I mean, I, I still cry about that, you know? Because um, I wish I didn't do that. But it's what I learned growing up. I didn't let go of it yet. I didn't see my therapist yet either. Mm. It wasn't until I see my therapist and I had to learn what was really wrong with me to try to teach my son differently. So there's like an element of self-compassion. A lot of self-compassion. Right? A whole lot of forgiveness for self. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like you got you to gotta forgive yourself. You got to forgive yourself. You got to tell mm. your son to forgive himself too when he does something too. Because he can hold on to that and bring it with him to his, yeah, he's like 25, yeah, 30, yeah, right? Yeah. And that could hurt him. You know, I had a family, my father called me one day and he said, it's 2018. He's like, you know, my son, I'm sorry about, you know, when you told me what you're depressed and I didn't really, I was like, you know what? Just give it to God. Mm. Give it to God. Because there's a there's a man that I know, a young man who was 30, about to have a little boy that shot himself in the head in his bathroom. He lived in Jamaica, couldn't really express himself and talk about how he felt. What did he do? He took the medicine that mm. leads to heartbreak, leads to like destruction, that suicide. You know what I mean? How else can I talk? I mean, mm. boom. So my dad called me to apologize after 36 years. I had to accept it, though. How? How do you accept that kind of apology after so many years? Well, I, first of all, I had to forgive myself and I had mm. to open my heart for that. Mm. If I didn't see my therapist, I bet I didn't learn more. If I didn't start reading, I'd be like, yo, get out of my face, man. Whatever. 
It wasn't until I had to forgive myself, I could mm. forgive whatever he said yeah. to me when I was young. You got to forgive yourself. You got to, and you got to ask God to forgive you too. Mm. So that's another strong thing too, right? So I had to do it with love, that unconditional love. So I wanted to punch mm. my dad in the face. And if he hears this too bad, I want to punch him in his face so many times, but <clears throat> I had to just love him and say, you know, now you see. Took a young man taking his own life to see what I've been through mentally for a long time. So I want I don't want my son to see that. When he, when I'm in my 60s, I want him to come and hug me, cry and say, Dad, this is how I feel. Can we talk? Sure we can talk, son. And I want him to teach his friends too. They could call him the P word, they could call him, you know, you're soft, you're this, you're that. Nah, part of a man. Part of a man, right? Part of a man. Come on, man. Wow. <laughs> you didn't have to hit us that hard. That's it, man. Jeez. Nah, that was it. That the heart of the man, like, I see it as your initiative as your organization. When you say it like that, someone calls you the P-word. Someone is clowning you for showing emotion, for showing vulnerability. You're in a relationship, shit goes south. Mm -hmm. Someone is clowning you because you can't provide. And you are expressing grief around that because Again, it is a loss of identity. It's like, yo, man, like, I'm, I'm just expressing myself. Man. It's, the, it's the heart of the man. Whatever it is you thought it was before, isn't. Like, this is how the heart of the man works. That's it, brother. That's it. We all have a purpose, right? You know your purposes, right? You know your purposes, right? It takes some time, right? It takes time. I don't look like my age. Mm. I don't want people to know exactly how old I am, but... It took me years to find that, but we all have a destiny, man. You have a destiny. You have a destiny. You have a destiny. We all have a destiny. It's going to take some time. Man. My destiny is to revolutionize manhood. Mm. My destiny is to let men see that vulnerability can be strength, not just a weakness. I mean, Brené Brown, yeah, she talked about it in a way that people are like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. But the black community were like, oh, whatever. Mm. Like, I know I was like, whatever. What is this? <laughs> But I accept it now. I mean, vulnerability just means we, as men, we can just open up a little bit more, share, yo, dude, I'm feeling like this, man. Mm. Boom. It hurts. Let's talk. For the sake of this, I'm going to wrap it up here. Drop it. And so this book is um, about growth, fixed versus growth mindsets. He talks a lot about stuff like you talk about too, in terms of fixed mindsets are like when you fail start to get this up all these things mm -hmm. but growth is like I messed up kind of thing what can I learn from this situation how can I like help move forward like you, you're either like um, an individual who believes you have a set amount of skills when you're born and you can't really learn outside of that because mm -hmm. like people will tell you that when you're young yeah. you tell guys you don't show this you don't do this you don't mm -hmm. do that but it's like fam I am capable of learning things I am I, I'm allowed to fail learn from that and it's oh, very good man. and bro this quote is like it's like yo um the major factor in whether people achieve expertise is not some fixed prior ability but purposeful engagement yo i read that i like i was like yo saturday <laughs> remember bring it up <laughs> yo that purposeful engagement i was like yo in in my life i've always thought if i can't do this thing because i'm because I don't have the ability to. And I'm not just talking about school, but I'm talking about life, man. Like, yeah. 
all, we're having this conversation because we want guys to think different. But you have to like understand that you are allowed to be. Yeah. Right? Like, but you have to, again, the purpose of engagement. You forgiving yourself to forgive your dad, right? Like, that is purposeful. You looking at your son and apologizing because I can't imagine it must have been easy to take that back. To know what you did when he was two, and I look at him again, and he's like, he's like, bam, I feel bad. I've now learned all these new things, but I also hurt you like crazy when you were young. But that's purposeful. Yeah. Right? Like, well, thank you. That's, um, that's inspiring. That's inspiring. <laughs> I got a shout out. Thank you for seeing that. But I hold on to that sometimes. Mm. I see the way my son is. He's going to grade seven. You know? I know you remember some of the things I said, but I forgave myself. Now I'm, looking, I'm trying to teach him how to forgive himself, how to forgive me, mm. and see the power of forgiveness, right? So that's a good thing. And my son, by the way, just to let everyone know, is half Italian, half Jamaican, right? The Jamaican side, the Italian side, the alpha male, the alpha mm. male, mm. right? Both, yeah. both, right? Both. And that's cool, wow. right? Be the alpha male, but you can also express what's going on inside. Right? That's the way to really get to really allow yourself to grow and have that growth mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, just to express yourself. Because if you have a fixed mindset, no, this is it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, this is it. No, that's enough. Growth mindset? Huh. How do I learn? You know, you're gonna make that call. You're gonna talk to yourself. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. From beginning to end today, it's just been like it's hitting me Like again, I could like I'm happy I met you. Happy me too. I'm happy we reconnected at church. Ah, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm happy this happened today. Um, there's anything else you want to say to the camera? Well, exactly. you know, I just want everyone to know that you are special. You're strong. I want people to know that I did heart of a man because I want to give men hope. Because if we have hope sometimes, it's what we need to keep on going. So check out my website. Read the blogs that I post. It's there. And I use three words. Overcome, elevate, inspire. You got this. Part of the map.